Hello everybody and welcome back to Goldbridge Saves Football, the best football podcast community in the world. We've got lots to talk about today. We'll talk about the title race. Are Arsenal now title favourites or are they somewhat not where they were last season? Is Tottenham season over? Are Newcastle about to download a massive cheat code from Saudi Arabia in the January transfer window and is it fair we've also got an amazing competition as I bring Will into the show I'm looking forward to this Will more than anything it's left-footed Premier League 11 against right-footed Premier League 11 we're going to give our teams I'm doing left-footed you're doing right-footed and uh, we're going to have a poll on Spotify for everyone to vote ahead of the next show how are you doing yeah very well I thought I just thought in general it was a great weekend of football action like different things Mm. that we'll get into Man City Liverpool game could have been a bit better but then Liverpool taking a point there. Birmingham won. Wayne Rooney's got his first three points. Never thought I'd see the day. Um, and uh, I was just watching a load of wrestling. But we, we can cover that now if you want. Do you want to talk about CM Punk returning or do you want to wait for a bit? Yeah, I think we'll leave that until at least uh, 2025. But right. uh, no, very, very, very pleased for Rooney getting three points. I think the only uh, the only chance of that was, uh, you know, if he got it on his driving license at the moment. But uh, well, well done I, with that. You sort of stopped tweeting me as well because you give me a heart attack. If I do a blues tweet and you respond and then I, I did it at the full time whistle this week because you've, you've got me in some trouble this season, but. Yeah, well, yeah, that's enough blues talk. Anyway, uh, we have to do that contractually. We have to let him talk about blues for at least 10 <laughs> seconds every <laughs> podcast. But we've got um, Pratt of the Week, of course. We've got that. Uh, we've also got a few either-ors and I'm winning 3-2. We've got our little Who Am I quiz uh, coming up at the end of the show, which we're looking forward to. Uh, lots to get into, but I suppose the I suppose the only, there's only one place to start here and that is Who'll be top at Christmas, that is all. We're talking about the title race. Um, Arsenal are top at the moment. I do want to talk about Spurs. I think their season is over. Um, that might create some controversy. It might might actually be pro-Arsenal show this uh, for once. But yeah, look, Liverpool-Man City wasn't the best of the games, Will. But the draw opened up that opportunity for Arsenal to pop in. And unlike last season, where there was a lot of hype around Arsenal, I feel that this season... They're just steadily going about their business. I still really don't think they're firing on all cylinders, but they keep those clean sheets. Uh, they get those late winners and they're top of the league at the moment. Um, neither of us put them as top at, top of the league at Christmas. Uh, I, I went Liverpool, you went Man City, but um, they've got a run of fixtures now where they really could be. Yeah, I, it's just great as well, isn't it? Because I think if we can get three horses in the title race all gallivanting up until the, the final hurdle, it's just going to make such an exciting Premier League. And I was texting you at the weekend. I was just so happy. I was really pro-Liverpool going into that Manchester City game. And obviously that sort of uh, left the door open for Arsenal. And, you know, it's a lot of, I've played the game FC, but it's the old cliche, isn't it? Like really strong defensive performance. Brentford had the chances. And Arsenal came out with a sort of, it was a lovely cross from Saka, Havertz gets the goal. And I just hope that they can keep it up. And hopefully, I think the big thing is, have they learned from last season? And, you know, you get that muscle memory in from different bits of, you know, they'll go back to those games that we've spoken about, the Emirates. And I just think they'll have learned, they'll progress. And I think that they can push City all the way. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm just looking at my left footed 11 there. I'm just trying to think what you could have to beat it. I'm really getting excited about this. Yeah, my left footed Premier League. Yeah, no, I was listening, but then I was just, I was going through my team thinking what right footers you could have. I've got an amazing front four, basically. Uh, we'll talk about that any moment anyway. Left footed Premier League 11 currently against right footed Premier League 11. You're going to get to vote on this. But no, I mean, 
I've said a few things on, on, on that football YouTube channel, so I don't want to repeat it because I know people listen and watch both. But one thing I probably didn't mention enough of over the weekend was Saka. Oh, just that, that the quality and talk about left footers. There's a little hint. There's a little spoiler. Mm. He did it against Chelsea to Trozard to get them an equaliser, and he did it to Havertz. That 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 he's 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 got a wand of a left foot. He's got such a good left foot, and he's got such a um, a mature head on young shoulders. I think that when you look at that penalty miss in the Euros at Wembley, um, and you look at the career of Sancho, and you look at the career of Saka, and you look at the career of Rashford. Obviously, Rashford's has been good, but you know, not consistent. Sancho's has gone downhill and Saka's has just gone into orbit. His trajectory from that. And I'm look, I'm not going to judge players on their, on, on their bounce back ability as uh, uh, I think Ian Dowie uh, created that word, but it, it's, it, it is incredible that, that that Arsenal team to me doesn't even have um, a prolific front three this season. And so much of what they've done is been built on an incredibly uh, consistent back four. And, and and Declan Rice has yeah. made a massive difference there. And then still, I mean, Odegaard's not even been that good this season. And and Saka, again, just, I mean, we all know if we've got him in your fantasy Premier League team, he just chips in every week. It's that consistency. And Arsenal are top of the league after 13 games going into December. And people are still doubting them. I mean, I, I'd take this as a huge bonus if I was an Arsenal fan, that people think you're not playing particularly well and yet you're top of the tree. And and you deserve to be, you know, if you're top of the tree after 13 games, they've played Man City. I mean, there's a huge game coming up against, um, I think it's going to be the best December the 23rd in years because that's when we've got Liverpool-Arsenal. What a game that's going to be. Yeah, I, and also the, I think the, the interesting thing from a from the Liverpool perspective is taking points off Manchester City and Arsenal mm. taking points off Manchester City, which does lead to those sort of chinks in the armour. We've spoken a lot about Rodri, but I just, with Arsenal, you almost look at it. I was just saying before we came on, like they are top of the league and I'm like, well, have Manchester City got a game in hand or have Arsenal not played Manchester City? But like you said, Arsenal have beat City. They've won exactly the same amount of games. They, they deserve to be there. They're there on merit. And I, I just, I really hope, I really enjoyed the weekend because it just feels we are in a proper title race. And as a neutral, I just really hope with everything that's around the 115 charges that Arsenal and, and Liverpool can really push them. I've been spending too much time with you, but I, I, I just, yeah, I want, a, I want a title race. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm no big fan of Liverpool or Arsenal as a Manchester United fan, but I am a big fan of Premier League football and I do want a title race. And I predicted at the start of the season that this title would be run, won by Christmas. And, and I think technically it could have done if Arsenal hadn't beat them at the Etihad, uh, sorry, at the Emirates. And if Liverpool hadn't got that equaliser and, you know, they hadn't missed Rodri those two games, City probably should have another 10 points. I think this season, for different reasons, they don't. And that's that's left it open. I want to ask you who you think is the better team between Liverpool and Arsenal. I know we're a few weeks away from that, but um, just before I come to that, I think I, th- I suppose my only concern is here, it's, it's a little bit like... Um, it's a bit like, you know, if you've ever seen Game of Thrones or you know anything about the Battle of Hastings, there's a there's a little bit of a history lesson here. Not that Game of Thrones is history, it's it's made up, but effectively in Game of Thrones, you've got everybody fighting against each other and then you've got the White Walkers waiting to come and it's like you fight each other, decimate yourself and then you've got a bigger battle to fight. In 1066, um, King Harold went and fought the Vikings at Stamford Bridge and then went all the way down to Hastings and fought William the Conqueror. If it had gone at them with a full army, I think he'd have beaten him in and, and, and we'd have a very different um, uh, current England. But 
it's almost be good if um be good if podcasts were around there intent we were doing a full debrief like i mean what's I'd the conqueror to. doing there what i mean yeah. he, he's put his army he's set up but he's just set up for failure yeah, yeah. Harold's got his tactics all wrong there. He, he should have left the Vikings <laughs> up north. They'd have been pillaging and doing whatever else they did. I mean, let's be harsh. They, 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 they were pretty, pretty, pretty ruthless. Um, <laughs> let's leave it at that. But anyway, we. I think the only thing that concerns me about this Premier League title race, Will, is, and I want your opinion on who who you think is better, Arsenal or Liverpool, based on thirteen games, because I think we can do that. But it's it's the prospect of everybody eating each other. Where, yeah. And Man City might benefit from that. Last year, it was Arsenal and Man City and Arsenal fell short. This year, I think Man City might win it because everybody else eats each other. You know, if Ar- if Liverpool weren't that good this year and Arsenal go to Anfield and win, they're up against Man City. But I think that Liverpool and Arsenal's problem might be that they devour each other in the race to try and beat Man City. I think it's going to be interesting when they play each other at different points of the season because obviously you've spoken so much about that midfield three for Liverpool and that's learning and that's progressing. From an Arsenal perspective, when it comes to January, do they like they've got a real chance to win the Premier League? Do they dip in and look for a number nine or someone yeah. to sort of fill that false nine position? So that's going to be interesting. Uh, I really do think Liverpool are in the stronger position just because of Jurgen Klopp. There's something about Mikel Arteta that I like but I just feel he's got a, you know, it's definitely not all on him, but when it was coming to the end of last season and there was all that pressure going into those Emirates games and a few uh, of those results slipped up, you've just, there's got to be, uh, there's an experience that Jurgen Klopp has that he can put onto those Liverpool players where I think Liverpool will react better because they've been there, done it. Most of that team has definitely the spine, obviously, apart from the midfield. There's a lot more experience head. So I think Liverpool are in a, in a better position uh, just through experience. I put Liverpool as favourites for that game just before Christmas now because it's at Anfield and I think Liverpool are more in the rhythm. Um, but I think Arsenal, it's a, it's a, it, they probably learned this last 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 season. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I think Arsenal. If somebody says Arsenal are title favourites, I can't really argue with it because the only reason we're saying not is because Man City have won it before. Uh, Liverpool uh, probably playing a little bit better, but it's a thirty-eight game season and Arsenal are top and. I suppose the only thing that the reason I put Liverpool at top at Christmas was because if they got through that Man City game without getting beaten, I think they could win every game till Christmas. And if I was a Liverpool fan, as I said a few times, I think I said it last week, they've played Man City away. They've played Newcastle away, Chelsea away, Brighton away, Spurs away. They've got a lot of difficult fixtures out of the way. So, And they don't have Champions League football. I was going to ask, do you think if Declan Rice was to get injured or, or miss a run mm. of games, do you think he's as important as sort of when Rodri goes out for Manchester City? Yeah, I don't. I think Arsenal have done really well considering, like you said, they, they do need a number nine. Um, I don't I don't mind Enketia, but I really don't think he starts for any of the top 10. I really don't. I don't think there's a top 10, maybe West Ham. But so they, they've done remarkably well, that's to their credit. But if they lost a Declan Rice or a Saliba, I think, you know, they start to drop points, which is why I think Arsenal have done fantastically well so far. I really, really do. Um, But I would still uh, put Liverpool ahead of them at the moment on what I've seen. But that January transfer window was so massive. I was watching the Villa Spurs game yesterday and God, the Spurs. I mean, let's move on to Spurs. I think Spurs season at the moment is in danger of um, Tottenham season over. I know it says it in the title and that's that's the way you title a segment. But 
in a sense, I think it, it depends what the Tottenham season is and only Tottenham fans can define that. But they were in a title race and if they'd won yesterday, they'd have been a point off the top despite losing their last two games. But they've now lost three in a row. They've got Man City on Sunday. And I think their season, there's such a massive volume of games in December that if they don't try, and, if they don't find a few wins, they could wake up in on, on New Year's Day and be like down in eighth, ninth position, which is exactly where I predicted they would be at the start of the season. And that would be a, a crying shame considering even yesterday against Villa, I thought going forward, they created so many chances that didn't score. But defensively, they're so weak now with the injuries that they've got. They need to stabilise really quickly. And I think that the there are so many teams like Villa, Spurs, Brighton, Arsenal, that it's a Newcastle. Man United, well, it's not a case of if we're going to spend in January. I think if you don't spend, you are going to fall down that league massively because there's not a lot of difference between eighth and I think fourth at the moment. Yeah, uh, well, you know, I've been texting Ange. Obviously, he's been a guest on this podcast and he, he's not been getting back. So obviously, his happy nature has changed. And you look at the starting 11 on Sunday and what it was four fullbacks playing in the back line and. and yeah. That Villa attack is very potent, and they, they, you know, they got the goals from the set pieces, but they were creating chances themselves. Uh, I, yeah, I do really worry for them. It, like Basuma, without you, you, that, that whole spine is completely gone with Madison Basuma, the centre backs, and that that's a team he was bedding in. And when when it was in full force, you could see that philosophy really yeah, being put yeah. out there by Big Ange, and that's just completely ripped apart. Uh, they, yeah, Villa's a tough game. That obviously, like you said, they got City, they got a London derby against West Ham. Then they go away to Newcastle. So they've got these injuries, which every team gets. But you, it, it seems with the fixture list that you get the a sort of run of big games against big clubs, and they've got that run now. And yeah, it's come at a really costly time. It's very Spursy, isn't it? And but I don't think it's Spursy in the it's traditional sense. Yeah, 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 it's a different Spursy. They 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 will lose against Man City at the Etihad on Sunday because their defense is is shocking with the injuries that they've got and they're missing very important players. But even against Villa, they 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 should have had that game won. Villa did really well in the second half, but first half it it was all Spurs really. But they're defensively so bad, and I think they've they're in they're in danger of having this amazing start to the season that literally is imploded with four Premier League losses in a row. And then mentally they're, they're feeling sorry for themselves. And yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a huge contrast. But there was a moment in the game yesterday, which I mentioned, where it was 1-0. I think Spurs had just scored and Digne's got it at left back. And he looks up, looks down, takes a touch, puts the cross in and Watkins is still unmarked. And it's like yeah. Digne basically put a bloody stamp on the cross and they still don't get anywhere near him. Now that was given offside. But yeah, defensively, they're, they're, you know they've got fullbacks playing at centre back. I know Romero's back soon, but um, I do worry for Spurs. And I suppose that the question therefore has to be: Is it season over for Tottenham? Well, it depends what what's a good season for Tottenham. And I think that at the start of the season they probably would have been really happy with fifth or sixth. But I think with the way they started the season, fourth is there for the taking. And again, they're another club that really needs to go and spend. In January, it's just what's available in January, I suppose. Well, and you mentioned a marathon, not a sprint. Villa are sort of the antithesis of that, aren't they? You look at the start of the season, Villa got pumped 5-1 at St. James's Park. I was absolutely loving life. And Villa have absolutely come into it and just keep, you know, the home record's unbelievable. And now they're getting wins away at, at Tottenham. And, and you just feel under Unai Emery there a lot more set up to just keep on, you know, not have... I can't see Villa having four or five defeats across the season. And no. then for Big Ange, we all praise the philosophy. 
But if you if you know you were going into a game against Manchester City with all those defensive injuries, like do you have to be a bit more pragmatic? Do you have to alter that going into a game against City where I know, you know, they will pick you apart. So surely there has to be a bit of change. Uh, but I love Big Ange as much as the next man. But come on, mate, you got to pull your bloody foot out, you dick. I, predict, I, I feel sorry for Spurs because I think they're just so fragile in relation to squad depth. It, it yeah. only takes two or three injuries and they're in trouble. But keep an eye on Aston Villa because I think they're in the same place where two or three injuries, you know, you may be a McGinn. But they've got those a... injuries though, haven't they? Like Tyrone Mings out for the season, Buendia's out for the season and, and they have reacted. And, and They've got and more of a squad than Jacob. Spurs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But they haven't so, really got they haven't got a Watkins replacement. I think that would be a big problem for them. No, that's the main one, isn't it? Yeah, if, if Watkins yeah. went down, I think that's that'd be the worry. But I, it feels yeah. like every team's a bit like that. Yeah, but I tell you what, your scouts are going to earn the money. They're going to earn the corn because if they if you can buy a couple of good players in January, it can be the difference between. I mean, look, I, this is why I said I didn't think Spurs would get top eight. It's not a, if you finish ninth, everyone thinks it's a bad season. But look, Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal—that's three. They're in the top four. Spurs, Villa, Manchester United, Brighton, Newcastle. That's another five. That's your top eight. That, yeah. That's what I mean. It's like so, so, so competitive. But uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, how that works out. Right, I can't wait anymore. I, I just want to bring this in. I've got to do it. I want to do the uh, Premier League left-footed 11 against the Premier League right-footed 11. Now, yeah. if you're on Spotify, you get exclusivity on this. Or you can just go to Spotify. Um, we have a poll. We have a poll that is live now where you vote for Goldbridge's left. Well, no, let's not do it like that because people will just vote on popularity. We've got a Premier League <laughs> left-footed 11 versus a Premier League right-footed 11. Who do you think would win or who do you think is better? Get on the Spotify app and you can see our poll on there. Uh, should we do this player by player or do you want me to just list out my whole team and then you can list out your whole team? No, because you are throwing me under a bus a little bit because you said, look, let's pick some right footers and left footers. And then you've come in no, here one minute to the chat and you've gone, I need an 11 wheel. So, uh, no, let's... I didn't. I took, I actually took this from the Spotify questions section, which I read yeah. all the time. And somebody yeah, said, so do what, I. A, what, what a great topic it would be a left footed 11 against a right footed yeah. 11 from current Premier League players. So I sent that to Will and he's read yeah. it as, oh, just give me some good right footers in the Premier League. No, you've said, uh, and I quote, uh, at 11.30 last night, uh, yeah. w- which I was in bed for. Good one. I was a best little prem- bit drunk. Best Britain right foot is against left footed currently. You go right, I'll go left. You as pole. And that's some, you know, that we should really be putting that Patreon. That's behind the curtain there. But uh, I'm ready to go. You know, I've got good ball knowledge, maybe not great ball knowledge, and it probably will be exposed now. But who's your keeper? So I, I, well, I've got Edison in goal. I've got Alisson. <sighs> Close. Um, now, right well, back after this me, weekend, uh, right back, you should win because I've got to put a left footer there and the same at left back. So I've got a right back. I've just gone with somebody I think who could do a, a job at right back who's left footed. I had two options. It's either Nathan Aki or yeah. Esther Banan at Brighton, but you'll win because you've got a right footer. So who you got? Well, it, just going to bleed into my team later on. I've gone Kieran Trippier right back. Okay. Uh, my left back is Andy Robertson. Who's your right back then? Nathan Aki. Okay. Um, uh, my left back is, I'm going to go to, um, sorry, I'm changing it. I'm going Trent left back. Okay. Uh, my centre-backs, I had a few to choose from. Gabriel at Arsenal, Torres at Villa, but I've gone Vardiel and Martinez from Manchester United. 
You've yeah, got, you, you win here because you've got the best. The best you can just pick the best. John Stones. Mm. And uh, can you help me out for another centre back, please? Virgil Van Dijk. I thought he was left footed. No, he's definitely left footed. I don't think he is. I'll have a Google now. Who's your midfield? I've got my midfield sorted. Well, I struggled in the midfield because there's not many great holding midfielders that are that are uh, right footed. So I've gone with McGinn because he's the only decent left footed player. Um, I could find that's left-footed, but then I get loads of choice. I mean, there's so many players I could pick. Um, oh, sorry, so I've yeah, gone, not a Van Dyke. I've gone with McGinn, Odegaard, and Bernardo Silva. Okay, I've got um, Kevin De Bruyne, <laughs> James Ward-Prowse, and uh, Declan Rice. I think I've got a better midfield. You haven't picked Rodri, he's right-footed. Yeah, but I just I do like De- Declan Rice from a he dead do, ball. He does, he does, he does. Uh, and then my front three is just goat status here. I've got Salah, Haaland, and Saka. That's a pretty good front three. I'll go for Marcus Rashford from a dead ball situation because right footed is like I I I listed that as like you know dead ball specialist. Who do you want that over? So I've yeah. got Rashford, Ollie Watkins, um, and Damon now. Absolutely dummy up like a kipper here. Uh, Jared Bowen. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? This is just a, this is just depends on what sort of football you want. So I will read my eleven out of left footers. <laughs> he will read his right foot out. They're very lopsided. Defensively, is is good. Mine's not so. But I think the attack. Look, Harry get on to Spotify. Yeah, get on Spotify and vote which team would win or which team is better. Right-footed Premier League 11 or left-footed Premier League 11. This is my team. Edison, Aki, Martinez, Vardiel, Robertson, McGinn, Odegaard, Bernardo Silva, Salah, Saka, Haaland. And Will's right-footed Premier League 11 is... Alisson, Trippier, Van Dijk, Stones, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Rice... James Ward-Prowse, Kevin De Bruyne, and a front three of Marcus Rashford, Ollie Watkins, and Jerry Bone. <laughs> if I don't win this, it's a travesty on Friday. Get your Have I missed in. anyone out? What do you think I've missed out you there probably in the missed, You've probably missed out most of the bloody Premier League, to be honest. I mean, I, I, I'm almost... When this is over, I'm going to have a look. I mean, you might not have done, but there is a lot of left-footed attackers that are good. I mean, Phil Foden, I didn't put him in. Uh, yeah. Kulisevsky, I didn't put him in. You should have put Son in, I think. Yeah, can Maybe. I have Son instead of Bowen, please? Yeah, you can have Son instead of Bowen. Um, yeah, there'd be, there'd be, yeah, there's a lot of good left-footed attackers, really. But get your votes in on everyone. It'd be nil-nil, I think. But my strongest bits of the defence and your strongest bits of the attack. Yeah, it could be five-all. Anyway, uh, we're not doing managers because I couldn't give a shit whether Pep's got a right foot or a left foot or a title. Yeah, that's, that's just nonsense. It's just I was players. just watching, um, we just smashed through Ted Lasso season three and there's a cameo from Pep Guardiola in it. And I actually thought, you know, if the managerial career goes wrong, he was a very good actor in it. He was very Pep in it, which is probably, do you think you could act as yourself? Yeah. It's all an act with me, as everyone knows. <laughs> um, anyway, get your votes in on that. I enjoyed that. And that came from the question oh, section on Spotify. That. So make sure you get yourself onto Spotify and leave us some show suggestions. I absolutely loved that. It was it was absolutely brilliant. Um, shall we move on to, yeah, let's do Pratt of the Week. You're a Pratt, he's a Pratt, she's a Pratt, they're whiny. Now it's time for Pratt of the Week. One, two, three. You've got a problem with this jingle, you know, because I've been reading the comments and people are really going in on it. 
And uh, it's, it's making read, me... What you do is you read one comment and you go, well, everybody's been saying this. Uh, two or that's three. a comment. That's a comment. Comment. Well, uh, look, I've got, I've got, I've got a dedicated it. Sorry, Mark, to interject, but you know, I, we are reading the comments and I read everyone religiously. But Pratt of the Week this week is dedicated to uh, at the CRC RCCFC, uh, who replied to me on Twitter asking after I asked for Pratt of the Week, and he said, uh, "Bin the jingle, please." And that was with three E. So that's dedicated to you this week. Yeah, a few people are saying bin the jingle. Let us know in the comments. Um, look, I've got to jump in here because some people are saying I should be Pratt of the Week. I mean, I, I couldn't move for comments after the Friday show when we do Goldbridge. <laughs> and I had to go for a goalkeeper and I put Rare in goal. Oh, my God. The smugness in the replies. Does he not know that Rare is suspended? Oh, my God. What a waste of a point, Goldbridge. You Pratt. He's suspended. But my favourite one was, how's he got a show on Talk Sport when he doesn't know Rare was suspended? Yeah, um, it's funny that the talk sport boss read your comment and sent me a WhatsApp saying, sorry, Mark, you do a great job. You get loads of viewers, but you're fired because you didn't realise that uh, uh, Raya couldn't play because he's on loan from Brentford. Yep, you'll lose your job at talk sport for that sort of uh, knowledge. But uh, the great thing is, Will was actually very sympathetic when we realised and said, you can just have Ramsdale instead. Who got a clean sheet? So who's the real winner? Me. Well, it was annoying as well because I, literally in the tweet it said, you know, we've gone through the deliberations. Mark made a mistake, right? And I was finding it funny to start with, but people just didn't even read the tweet. We referenced it, so just open your eyes. They they take they take it. I think people take these sort of things really seriously, and and yeah, it's really not something to ridicule somebody on. I don't think. But anyway, I'm not proud of the week because we've got some really good contenders. Um, I've got some to start off with, Will. Uh, we haven't really, re- we've not really, we've not really talked about VAR massively this weekend, which I think is a positive. However, yeah. um, I do have a VAR contender for Pratt of the week, and it's a collection of a fan base, Manchester City, who uh-huh. really jumped on the whole, uh, you know, the moment where Alisson goes to catch it and uh, Akanji grabs his arm and he drops the ball and the ball goes in the back of the net and the referee yeah. said a foul. Um, you couldn't move on Saturday afternoon for the screams of injustice from Man City. I mean, I say you couldn't move. There's probably about three or four. Let's be honest. They don't have many fans. But uh, there was things like somebody got interviewed outside the ground saying, we were robbed. And I was like, you, j- you really weren't. The referee on the pitch gave the foul and then VAR looked at it and, and backed him up as well. Um, yeah. It's a foul. Yeah, I, no, I thought it was a foul. It's a soft foul, but like that they, uh, if there is any consistency in the game, it is with those decisions. So yeah, it's yeah. a foul. Um, so I thought that was a bit prattish. I mean, especially from Man City fans who literally have had four or five massive decisions go their way this season. To even have the cheek to say that they've been robbed by, by VAR, I found laughable. I literally was laughing in uh, in my living room. Um, nice. Anyway, also <coughs> a little bit of VAR, but a little from 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 comical to outrageous. Um, I do think there's a bigger topic here. I might do it on that football. We might do it on the podcast. But I do think there's a bigger topic here around the, and it really came home to roost in the Villa Spurs game where we had an amazing first 25 minutes. And then there was that offside for Watkins, which I referenced earlier, which for me was offside and looked offside. And then it looked offside on the camera and then it looked offside on another angle. And it literally took them about three to four minutes to give the offside. And I just think this is, this is something I'm really passionate about. And it's not necessarily that VAR is making bad decisions. It's more about how long VAR is taking because then you had six, seven minutes added on at the end of the first half. But 
we're getting so many injuries. And I think there is going to be an article very, very soon that highlights factually the increase in injuries this season compared to the last few years. And I'm not bloody surprised because these players are so at such a high level, at such a high intensity. And then they're stood around for two or three minutes waiting for a decision. Then they've got to go again. And not only that, I think it does have a direct correlation in injuries, but I think it definitely has a direct correlation in the um, the, the viewing experience where you've got a really quick, intense game. And both Villa and Spurs after that, it took them about five, ten minutes to get going again. I just think this is football. And when you're taking three minutes to figure out something that you clearly haven't got the good, the right technology for, it, 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 it's, it, it's, it's beyond prattish. It's, it's incredible that if we'd have said this 10 years ago, we're going to have scenarios where there's offsides that take three or four minutes and then we're playing seven, eight minutes at the end of the game. Nobody should have signed this off for me, Will. Well, it ties in. And the more annoying thing as well, there's literally technology that's been using by some English teams in the Champions League and UEFA competitions where there's a clear offside uh, tool where it tells you instantaneously if, if it's offside. So that's the, the more annoying thing. And then in regards to the minutes being added on, like, I'd be really keen to see how many injuries are happening on later in the game because, you know, I think it was in the Luton Palace game, there was 12 minutes added on. And like, you know, if you add, I wonder how many extra games clubs and players are going to be playing by the time all this stoppage time has been added on for like first half and then obviously stoppage time. But yeah, on the VAR, on the offside stuff, there's literally clear technology that is used by UEFA that mm. stops all that stopping and starting and can be implemented straight away. It ties back into, I think we're going to go on to it with the Newcastle stuff and the, and the loan stuff, the the way that the Premier League clubs have to vote, isn't it? Because it was it 14 to 14 uh, to six? six, you have to get it yeah. into, yeah. And basically just, Top six. If you're a big club and you've got some sort of power, it's just going to be in your favour. So uh, I think they voted against it when they could have implemented it. Yeah. Um, and then my final contender for the um, Pratt of the Week is Anthony Taylor. I just think that... Yeah. I mean, just because he's Anthony Taylor, basically. No, there is a there is a method to this. I, um, I Look, we spoke about Brighton on Friday, didn't we? So I was really happy that they, they won against Forest. It was a difficult game away from home. Forest are good at home and they held on with 10 men from 3-1 up to obviously the penalty 3-2. Really hard fought for Brighton and, you know, I'm really pleased that they won. But I thought that the sending off was a joke. Um, he basically got two yellow cards for dissent in the space of a few seconds. But I'm I'm watching it and I'm like, all right, he might have called him a knobhead. He might have done that. But that happens on every bloody football pitch. And you give him a yellow card for dissent and you say, right, calm yourself down. If he, if he tells him to F off five minutes later, give him a, the second yellow. But to give someone a yellow card when they're angry and, and they're not very happy and then, you know, another swear word comes in, so you're having another one, it's ridiculous. And also, we've already got this rule where only the captain can talk to the referee. So Dunk is frustrated as the captain of Brighton. He's doing everything right. All right, he might have swore, he might have said something, but I just think that's just... It's always the referees that want it. And it's never going to get appealed. It's never going to get away with it because of respect no. for referees. But I think, I just think that was incredibly arrogant and it doesn't do referees any favour where they just become this like dictatorship, don't they? And I just thought, I can see that Dunk's saying stuff, but give him the yellow card for dissent and then just say, go away and leave me alone. It's a penalty and Dunk will calm down. But it was almost like it's like, you know, We've all done that. We've all, it's like being sent to your room, isn't it? By your parents. You've already been sent to your room. You go, I hate you. You're so unfair. Yeah. And it's like, it's just 
this natural behavior and then he had to get the second yellow card out and i just i just thought it was a i just thought it was a bit unsavory and apparently it's only the second time that's actually happened i think it happened to alan smith for newcastle a few you know a long time ago alan smith so yeah i just thought that was a bit prattish it's a time where we haven't really had any big var bad decisions and then a referee goes and does something that just gives them a load of focus again yeah, well, it's important to highlight because, you know, when it's a big six team, you know, that incident would be all over the paper. So, like, we've always been banging the drum on here for when those things happen further down. I think it's two points. It's one just ties back to the referees not having any common sense or just, yeah, the common sense. And and then the second point to that as well is just I really do worry. You spoke about it with the Howard Webb and Michael Owen show and the length it's taken for the, the VAR of like making a spectacle out of these decisions and making mm. it almost become part of the entertainment when we don't want that. Like we want to see the, be- I want to see Garnacho overhead kicks 10 times mm. a game. I want to see the best football being played. I don't want a four minute VAR decision. I don't want Anthony Taylor putting in himself front because it, he knows exactly what he's doing. Like you said, common sense, you shouldn't swear at the referee, but it is part of the game. And you just take that, isolate that incident, one yellow card, but it's with him, with a lot of referees, I almost think it's part of their shtick where they think like, yeah, you know, this will be, I'm doing good here. I'm going to get highlight and focus and yeah, I'm doing a really good job when actually you're just ruining the game full stop. i tell you what, talking about that Ganacho goal, um, obviously I was doing the live watch along the United stand and you're like, I couldn't believe it. And then I sat down and looking at the chat and I saw the word offside and I was like, if that goal <laughs> gets ruled out, for VAR, I'm probably quitting football. I was like, yeah. you know, there are certain things that you just can't. And I, I was just like, yeah, it, for a moment there, I was because that was actually quite a rare thing in the modern game. Because I normally see a goal and I will think, ooh, ooh, ooh. But because it was so world class, yeah. your you, your brain loses the logic of was there a foul in the build up? Was there an offside? Yeah. You just go, oh my god. And yeah, it it was. Uh, it wasn't. It was. It was nice to celebrate a goal with no thought of any mistakes or or, or anything like that. Do you have any other Pratt of the Week contenders? No, no. I, I put down Anthony Taylor. We spoke about you making a mistake. I made a mistake in the Friday episode. I said Liverpool didn't beat City last season. People chirping yeah. up to pipe down. Um, I thought uh, Rodri was. Uh, it was only a little one, but it really wound me up. Where he was appealing for a penalty in the Liverpool game, and yeah. it literally struck the Liverpool player's leg, and he was going off like it was the end of the world that really wound me up but the one I've just been watching the clips of Anthony Taylor over and over again because I've got nothing else to do in my sad pathetic life and I just really wound me up the, the, just the oh it's like a, it was like a primary school teacher wasn't it, it was like what mm. one of them what, oh, what was that and you can have another one so yeah Anthony yeah. Taylor is Pratt of the Week you're a Pratt he's a Pratt she's a Pratt they're whiny now it's time for Pratt of the Week one two three Lovely stuff. Um, let's get into either ors then. We've got a, we've got, well, I actually, um, I think you had it down on your ring order and I'd put it down anyway. Samuel, um, we do take obviously stuff from the question section. So if you want to leave stuff on Spotify, make sure you give us five stars and also leave us a question. And remember to vote in the poll. Who is the better 11, the left footers or the right footers from current Premier League players? Um, but Samuel said, please answer this one, De Gea or Inanna? So yeah. you can go first, Will. Well, it, it was interesting. It was like the stat for when Manchester United uh, were still in that sort of bad period, but it was like they've got the best run of form. And then the, the one came out of Onana's got the most clean sheets in the league. You're like, wow, mm. okay, we're going to have to take stock here. But 
I was watching in I was watching the highlight and I just feel he does we were having a little chat in the office. He he does everything well, but almost with a little bit of like I might mess up in a minute. Like even when he's <laughs> yeah. catching the ball, he's like feet it to the side, he's like, just keeping you on your toes. I could put a real rick in here. But I think he's looking a lot more assertive. I think on the ball he's becoming a lot more confident. And we forget like this player has come from abroad into the English league, learning a new system, albeit with with an old manager but for one of the biggest clubs in English football, and we just expect them to hit the ground running and there's no bedding in period. I yeah. think I, I, I like him as a character. I think the way he's owned up to some of the mistakes has been great and what you want to see as a fan. And I, I really do hope he can progress and bring in this new style of football and philosophy for Ten Hag. So I think if we're looking forward for the next 10 years, it's got to be Onana because that's what a keeper is going to be. He's going to become a quarterback. And it has to be an amazing shot stopper as well. So I just, he just unnerves me. I don't know about you. Well, I think the reason he was bought was to be that quarterback. But unfortunately, Man United have gone into survival mode, which we've seen under Solskjaer, which is very much about, you know, these moments where you score a good goal and then you scrap out a clean sheet and you're never going to be playing out from the back playing expansive football like that. So straight away, one of his big strengths aren't being used. I suppose the way I would answer it, in the most honest ways, I agree with you. Anana's the goalkeeper. I like him and he does need uh, time to bed in and just the same as the head did, just the, the same as Schmeichel did. But right here, right now, if I had to choose between Anana being in goal for Man United or David De Gea against Galatasaray and Newcastle, I would choose David De Gea because he has the aura, he has the shot-stopping ability and the way Man United are playing, we're not playing out from the back. So I still think De Gea is a better goalkeeper than Anana, but I agree with Will that this is what we've decided to do. And that's no disrespect to Anana. He, I thought he had a good game against Everton yesterday. The five wins from six and the clean sheets, let's be honest, Man United have lost to every team they've played in the top 10 this season. So we have beaten a lot of teams in the bottom half, but not everybody does do that. Um, it's going to be a big, big week for Manchester United, which is why I haven't really mentioned them on the podcast because I just think very good win against Everton. Much bigger tasks to come where we can assess United in future weeks on the podcast when you think Chelsea next week, Newcastle next week. They've got Liverpool coming up away, Villa at home, West Ham away. Some big games coming up around Christmas. God bless you, exactly. Next, either or. I just find, sorry, I just just Googled David De Gea and I knew he hadn't signed, but we're six months into him without a club. I mean... He weren't that bad at Man United. I don't know if it's contract I think expectations. It, yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. It, apparently, he's had a lot of offers, but um, he's even had the offer from Saudi Arabia. He just doesn't want it. And I suppose when you've been on 350 grand a week, do you want to go and sign for 100 grand a week and be playing every week at a lower level? I think he's just... He shouldn't be retired. He should be playing. But I think I think this yeah, the, 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 there's Pratt's out there who's saying, nobody bloody wants him. That's why you know, I got rid of him. That's not the case. He's he just no. He's just been very picky about what he wants to do. Yeah, um, one that's intriguing me as well because Newcastle had a fantastic win against. Um, oh, one Pratt of the week. I'll tie it into this either or. I, I I don't know what I've not brought it up there, but I just thought the whole Chelsea backline could have been in the Pratt of the week competition because mm. Thiago Silva when Thiago Silva made a few ricks, Reese James, Cucurella was keeping um, Isaac on for the first goal. They just looked absolutely, yeah, destroyed of confidence. But I think it's bringing back into focus the Champions League race Villa there charging forward Newcastle sort of not hit and miss but would like to be a lot more consistent but out of Villa and Newcastle who do you think is better placed for the top four 
Well, it sort of feeds into something we were going to talk about, which is this uh, vote last week for the the can you do these loan deals with clubs that you own or are linked to. Um, Newcastle are heavily linked to Saudi Arabia, but apparently the same they own a lot of those clubs as well. So effectively, this vote, which I think went 12 to 8, um, and you need 14 to 6 to, 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 to get it through, means that in January and whenever you can do these loans. So... I just think it's got the potential to really disrupt the Premier League in the sense that Newcastle do need players. And if they basically own the Saudi League, what's stopping them loaning Mane, Ronaldo, Kessie, Milinkovic-Savic? And then I think the Premier League becomes... Premier League then becomes just a joke. It's a cheat code. Um, And we know that Man City have had a cheat code since 2008 with the money they've got, but... Newcastle may be about to find a different one. Uh, and I think for that reason, in, in the either or, um, you'd have to go with Newcastle. I think Villa have done great, but are they going to have the resources? Because that's what it comes down to this season with injuries and everything. Resources are the key thing. And Newcastle could bring four or five players in in January. I just think it's incredible. And what I found incredible incre- most of all was some of the clubs that voted not to bring this in. Like Nottingham yeah. Forest, I think, were there. I think Burnley were there. I think even Sheffield United might have voted to to not do it as well. I was just like, what's your angle here then? Are you getting a few players from Saudi Arabia? Just, I just didn't understand some of the people that voted for it. Because, I mean, look, Brighton were against it. I think Villa were against it. United. Everybody in the top four race didn't vote for it. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, but it's like just doing a bit more digging, isn't it? I'm just looking at an article now. It's like Crystal Palace are one of five clubs, including with French club Leon, Nottingham Forest owner is a part of the Greek Super League with the Oly- yeah. Olympiakos. Um, I think Brighton, well, Brighton have got a, another team as well that, that they're there. But yeah, I, I think it is, It's that's why I would go Newcastle as well. Mm. But it almost highlights, Villa have got billionaire owners. They've got fantastic resources. But the resources that it almost outshines what Newcastle, have, it almost shows how big Newcastle's pockets are because it'll, it'll blow what Villa have out the water. But then, you know, it's been smart. And with Newcastle as well, you look at Lewis Miley playing at the weekend, who put that great assist in for the first goal. You know, they are spending this big money, but, you know, I think there was, I think Alan Shearer said there was three lads from the academy playing at the weekend. So they, they are... Well, that's necessity, I mean, do... isn't it? That's necessity. Yeah. That's, that's because they had to do that. And I think Eddie Howe's the coach that will do that. But will that go hand in hand with, why are you playing Miley Cyrus in your midfield when we can get Milinkovic, Savage or, and Kessie in? I mean, take your pick. You can have half the Saudi league. So, yeah. Miley Cyrus? Well, he's named Miley, isn't it? So... I don't know. I thought that was someone I'd not, you know, I'm good on my football managing knowledge, but I'd, I'd missed out on Miley No, Cyrus whatever his name, Lewis Miley. I just called him Miley yeah, Cyrus because yeah. I couldn't remember Damn what his respect. first name was. Yeah. Played well. Um, yeah, no, he did. Yeah, no, I, I, I am worried about that, but also intrigued. Like if it comes to January and they're just dropping, imagine if they do sign all those names that you have in, you just mentioned then from Well, there's nothing Neymar to stop them doing it. That's the problem. That's the problem. No, everyone, yeah. everyone goes, oh, it won't happen until it happens. And yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of players in Saudi Arabia at the moment that are going, oh, I don't know whether I fancy yeah. this. And people okay. would go, well, why would the Saudi league let it happen? Uh, because they own Newcastle. Um, and actually, yeah. it, it, it's good for the Saudi league, isn't it? If you send a couple of players from the Saudi league to the Premier League for a few months, you know, you send Sadio Mane back and he does well. And oh, he's going back to Saudi Arabia after this. It's, look, I'd be very surprised if it doesn't happen. And I think the integrity of the league is under under scrutiny then. Because if it's open to everybody, that's fine. But who's going to get the first picks? Newcastle. Yeah. No, that, that, yeah. That's the, that's the worrying bit, but there's a sick 
twisted part of me that's also very intrigued to see almost fantasy football being played out in real life. Mm. Yeah. But that's well. me, I'm a sicko. Any other um, draws? We have yeah, we spoke about Garnacho's overhead kick, but a lot of people oh, speaking yeah. about overhead kicks. Um now I think what what I'm gonna say with this is just based on technique alone, because if we were bringing in the occasion, there's yeah, a, there's you know, Rooney and Gareth Bale's in the Champions League final, but we start. We're going with Bale or Garnacho. Technique-wise, who do you think is better? I, I have watched a few. I mean, I watched the Ronaldo one for Juventus. Um, I've looked at quite a few. Uh, I was obviously watching it on the TV yesterday. Bale's one is really good. Like it is really good. Um, I think it's close between him and Garnacho, but I think Garnacho's was just. And having spoke to Ben Foster and Watto about it as well, who were both goalkeepers, they're just like Pickford's in the perfect place. He's trying yeah. to get it. The dip on the ball. I mean, it's just, it's just absolute perfection. The only one I would say is better, and we were talking about it off air, was the Trevor Sinclair one against Watto, which I found out today. <laughs> um, um, so it must have been against Barnsley, and but that was an FA Cup. It wasn't Premier League. So for me, Sinclair and Ganacho. I mean, Sinclair's was outside the box, so it's probably better. But in modern times, I think Ganacho's is the best one I've I've seen. Yeah, I think Garnacho's as well because it feels like it just keeps getting further away from him and like obviously mm. if it left it, it had gone further and further but like just the way he reached it and clawed it back and then to go over Pickford as well. I think one just, of the best assessments on, on the Garnacho one as well, and I don't know what you thought, was that when the cross came in, I was like, what's he doing? It didn't, you know, with the with the Bale one, it looked doable. Now, yeah, yeah, looking yeah. looking doable and executing is a, is a world of difference. But the Garnacho one didn't look on as well it didn't yeah. look doable and and i think that is something that i've not really heard anybody say as well they're always doable it's just execution is got to be perfect but with the ganacho one it didn't even look like it was possible either which i think is another advantage to him yeah no I, and you, we know we speak about bar we speak about money and football loan systems but that for me at the weekend a few that's different things like with the lewis that's what it's all about and and that's why i loved it um uh, one from me, when it gets to about 45 minutes on the podcast, I feel like we can, you know, get the smoking jackets on and have a bit more of a, a deep old chat. But Rob Edwards doing an absolutely sterling job at Luton Town. I predicted them to win on the Friday show. Uh, they did. You all laughed, but you're not laughing now. Um, but could he be the next manager of England? You know, we, we've got to wait till at least 2024 of the summer. Uh, Graham Potter still waiting in the wings. Many people could say Eddie Howe could be sacked. You've got mm. a face like you've just smelled a giant turd in your pants. Mm. Um, who do you think out of the and and as well? I just it's we've had Allardyce, we've had Pardew, we've had all those absolute dinosaurs of English management, and we've got this new guard of really exciting English coaches. And I just think it's a real positive. Um, I'd definitely go Potter over Edwards. I mean, I mean, who's he managed? He's got no CV at all um, of managing big players, and you've got to do that. Yeah, but- You've got to do that. Like that was Potter's problem at Chelsea. That's what worries me about that. I mean, if Eddie Howe wants the job, he's probably the most qualified because of managing in the Champions League and managing a certain level of player. He's probably got the best CV, but might not be available that quick. In which case, I'm I'm, I'm going abroad. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go away and go and look at whether Jose wants it or, or you know. Don't get the Jose chat at all. 
No, I don't really want Mourinho to take it because one thing I'll always say about Mourinho is the football's not great. And when you've got players like Saka and Foden and Bellingham, you know, you want somebody. Look, I think Graham Potter's an interesting one. It's just whether he can demand the respect of what are superstar players now who play for England, the Harry Canes, the Marcus Rashfords, the, the Phil Sainers, etc. Yeah, he has. He has. So, And, and, and Potter is an yeah, infinitely, infinitely better coach than Southgate Potter. So that's that's where I'd be going, yeah. I've actually, sorry, I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to give it to you in a, in a card and it's going to be gift wrapped. And no, it's not what you're thinking. But um, I was in London at the weekend and I was walking around where the theatre shows are in Leicester Square and I know exactly what I'm going to get you. Have you seen the play that's dedicated to Gareth Southgate? I've already um, been offered tickets for this and I, I turn it down. Free tickets. Yeah, well, don't don't check your post then because yeah, there's, you'll be there's taking two yourself. in the post from me. Yeah, that, me that... and you, that would be a lovely little night out. Just really celebrating Gareth for everything he's done. A lovely little environment. You'll be on your feet. It'd be like Mamma Mia for football. I'll tell you what, it reminds me about in my early 20s when I lived in Dublin and uh, this mate of mine loved Alanis Morissette. And, you know, oh. he caught he caught me in a moment of weakness in February and he was like, <laughs> oh, I'd love to go. Would you come with me? And I was like, oh, go, go on then. He went and bought the tickets. So we're there in August and we'd gone for a few drinks down in the local and uh, a few of the lads who weren't going there, we're all having a great time. And I went, you know what? We're having such a good time here. Let, let's just not go to Alanis Morissette. And he looked at me like it was a joke and I thought, right, I've got to go. I, I sat through it. She finished. And, you know, there's always an encore. I was like, come on, then let's go. We don't need that. And he was like, it's the best bit. I was just like, that, that, that's exactly what's going on here with this Southgate stuff. Absolutely not. I'll never do. You won't Alanis Morissette me again. That's never happening. So you do or you don't want the tickets? Don't. No, 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 no. Okay. I'll have to go back to the drawing board. Um, do you want to go into the quiz or do you want to do a few audience questions that we've had from over the weeks that are piling up? Let's get into the quiz because I'm I'm really excited about this one today. Um, so you, as we you know, get a bit of pep in your step. We do get a bit of pep in my step. So I won last week. Uh, it was a very very good one. When I put the effort in, they're very hard. And this is a quiz. Um, it's going for. I can't remember what we call this quiz, but base, we need probably do need a name for it. It's brilliant. Um, basically five clues. I've got a player in mind. Will's got a player in mind. We have five clues. If you get it on clue one, you get five points. If you get it on clue two, four, clue three, three, and so on. And whoever scores higher wins the week. Now I won last week, so I can elect to go first or second. I will go first, please, Will. So I'm reading mine to you. Yeah. Okay. Question, um, clue number one. Mm-hmm. I'm ranked eighth on the all-time Premier League appearances list with 514 appearances in the Premier League. I like this clue. It's very good. I would say 514, it's going to be James Milner. Incorrect. Okay. Clue number two. I played in two World Cups, which were the 2006 and the 2010 tournament. 514, 06 and 10. Premier League player who was... Wayne Rooney. Good enough. Incorrect. Mm. My Premier League clubs include, in no particular order, Fulham, Middlesbrough and Chelsea. Oh, you see? This is... I think you've gone hard here to try and win. Whereas I just... I'm always really quite consistent. He's eighth in the Premier League appearances list. Eighth. 
Oh, yeah, but you've you know you were born before the Premier League. You've you've visited. You've seen I'm, all these sites. It's like club badgers. I don't take any notice of this rubbish. Oh, look at him. He's gone past the. You know what? Dad, he's gone past the 500 club. You would never guess it. I couldn't give a shit. Yeah, uh, you've, Fulham, you've, you've been, you've seen him. You've been there. I know I have, but you know I can't. I can't figure out who it is. Show Fulham, some respect, Borough, man. Fulham, Borough, and Chelsea. I, I, I ain't got a bloody clue with this one. Fulham, Borough. I can't think of a player that's played for Fulham, Borough, and Chelsea. Um, I, I, I don't know. Pat Nevin. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Pat Nevin is incorrect. Um, clue number four. I was included. I was inducted into the Australian Football Hall of Fame in 2021 after retiring at the age of 43 in 2016. Oh, I know it now. It's a good one. So I'm gonna. What do I get for four points? One. No. Two. Two. It's Mark Schwartzer. Yes, correct. Good friend yeah. of the show, and he's here now. Hello, Mark. How are you? Great to see you got me on the fourth clue. You should have got it on the second one, you old cunt. Uh, thanks, Mark. Um, the fifth I clue I was never would on have the goalkeeper. I'm glad you said that he right. was Australian on clue four. I wouldn't just, just never, never would have thought he was in the over five, eight, eight for all time appearances. That was a red herring. Went to two Cup yeah, World lovely. Cups, red herring. Fulham, yeah. Borough, Chelsea, and Australian. That's what I needed. So two points for me. Well, mine's a lot yeah, easier fifth. than this. You, you you should level up Go this on. week. Okay. Um, it's a bit of a it's a bit of bit of a three B here with clue one. You get three parts to this. So oh, wow. I started in France, my career. Oh, you know what you did. Yeah, you love a little French start, you do, you little rat. Started in France. I'm 30, <laughs> 32, and I've cleared the game in the Premier League. So he's he started his career in France, he's thirty two, and he's played in the Premier League. Right, I know all all you've done there is put the same bloke as, as you did the other week. So sorry, he's thirty two, started in France, and he's currently playing in the Premier League or has played in the Premier League. He's played in the Premier League, yeah. Okay, uh, French thirty two, played in the Premier League. Paul Pogba. No, good guess. Um, he's a bit younger, isn't he? I've won the Premier League with two separate clubs. Oh, you shit back. That's a that's a hey. Hey, that's a good one, that. Mm. Won the Premier League with two separate... Samir Nasri. No, he's too old. Good guess. Um, in keeping with what we've just done, um, yeah. he's left-footed. So, started his career in France, 32, yeah. played in the Premier League, won two Premier Leagues with... Uh, what, sorry, won the Premier League with two separate clubs. I don't know how many he's won. And he's left-footed. And he's thirty-two now. Yeah. What? 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 Why would I say he's thirty-two? No, he's thirty-two eight years ago. Of course, he's bloody <laughs> thirty-two now. Yeah, well, I know what you've gone on some old news article, and you've got it. If you don't um, get it on this, then you can only draw. This is why I went first. Well, I've got a name in Martin, but I just, I just know it's not him because he's. Go on, just throw it out. I might get it. No, 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 up yours. Um, he's thirty-two. Oh, it's the thirty-two that's really uh, left-footed. Because you've got to go from... He's won it with two different teams. So, like, a Chelsea... I think you'll definitely get it on the next one, which is which will be a draw. won't be enough. You've got, you've got to try and get it here. Uh, Gail Cliche. No. Uh, this is to level it up, which won't be enough for you to win this week, I'm afraid, but you could lose it. Uh, clue four. In 2016, I won 
PFA Player of the Year, sorry, PFA Players Player of the Year, and BBC African Footballer of the Year. Oh, for God's sake. So, start... Oh, so he's not definitely French then, is he? You doing not, that? Not if he's not if it's African player of the year. Yeah. God, there's no there's well, no I'm dust on you. Over. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, I think you locked players. in on starting his career in France. That doesn't that you know lots of people start their yeah, career no, in France. Yeah, no, 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 I know, I know, I know. And he's won the Premier League, and he's 32 now. 2016 was sort of just a city. Oh. No, that's too young as well. He's struggling with it. With two different clubs. Ah, oh, 2016. Players, players, so you've got to be sort of along the front. How many have oh got it at God. home? I think this is actually harder than I thought. I think, or oh, it's really good. No, but I, I've got into a terrible. Um, You're panicking. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say Yaya Torre, but he's not. Yeah. No. Go on. No, um, and the final clue is he's currently playing in Saudi Arabia. Left-footed, playing in Saudi Arabia, won the league with two separate clubs. Left-footed, oh BBC God. African Footballer of the Year, so he's African, won Players Player of the Year, won two Premier Leagues, uh, sorry, won it with two separate clubs, starting in France, 32. Saudi, oh, the clubs that he won the Premier really League bad. with, Leicester and Man City. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I should have. Really disrespectful from me. 2016, one of the greatest years of football. Riyad yeah. Mahrez. Yeah, well done. Well done. I'll tell you what, well done. No, that's, well a, done you. that's a win for me. I'm going to definitely, I can just tell by his face next week, I'm getting an absolute stinker. <laughs> You're getting Pat Nevin next week. Look, you either know it or you don't. That's what I always say. I'd say with your clues, to be critical, you don't really scale them too much. How, I, I've got how a good would you scale get? on mine. What do you, you mean? You just go in 500 appearances, left foot, you know, that's they're all, I'm going hard, less hard, less hard. That, that's what I'd just be critical of. I, thought I, I think yours, I think yours is harder. Uh, 514 appearances in the World Cup in 06 and 10, played for Fulham, Barca yeah. and Chelsea, Australian. Yeah, but you should have added in Leicester and Chelsea in the fourth. But that's all I'm saying. I'm I'm a sore loser, maybe. Well, I, I thought I thought BBC African Footballer of the Year and Players yeah, Player of the no, Year in 2016. Right, yeah. That was the that yeah. was your that was that your was clip. the one. Yeah. No, actually, actually, I'd like to apologise and. Uh, yeah. But ultimately, I'm, I'm I think it's pressed. definitely one I might not have got. Because if your mind's locked, uh, mm. your mind's locked. Yeah, I keep it when you say French league. You've got me. You got my pants down. So yeah. I'm just going to a French player. Yeah, you're a, you, you're a bit one-dimensional, aren't you? But you know, you can't help yeah. it. What a podcast! Thoroughly enjoyed that. Hope you did as well. Please do give us the five stars, and uh, obviously, you've got to vote for left-footed Premier League eleven or right-footed Premier League eleven. You can do that on Spotify on the poll. Um, we're back on Friday with Goldbridge previewing another Premier League weekend. Oh, and don't forget, we've still got a few tickets left for the Christmas show on December the eleventh. Just type in United Stand Christmas Show. We've got a whole section which is podcast versus podcast, which is football filling against uh, me and Will. Uh, we'd love to see you there. Photo opportunities, etc. December the eleventh <laughs> in Manchester. Get your tickets. We'd love to see. It. And if you are going to go and you are from the podcast, we want you to be singing ultras when we come on the stage. Yeah, I think we need to be a bit more like we need to walk on the stage and then be like, it's got to be what you got to stand up and be like, oh, true. Bring yeah, a flare. Yeah. If flares allowed, 
Yeah. When the podcast, no, when the podcast bit comes on, if you stand up and do ultras, you'll look so cool and everyone will be like, what's this all about? It's very niche. It's like a cult. We love that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Will. Cracking show. Yeah, loved it. Always great to see you and looking forward to just some bloody good football this week and a bloody good title race. Thank you very much. Speak to you later. Mm-hmm.